2: Welcome back everyone to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Wrestling Podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday night on TBS from August the 4th of 1990, and I want to shout out wrestling tape collector Richard Lan out there, a friend of ours over at OVP, for supplying us and me with this week's episode. There are a handful of shows that I didn't have that Richard has provided me from 1990, and this is one of them. So thank you, Richard, because Doc could not wait to do this two-hour episode of Saturday Night. Uh, on that note, Hopper's not here. Tell you, man, these holidays were shuffling around our schedule. We're trying to make sure we get everything out on time, and that's why Hopper's not here. He couldn't make it due to the shoot job blues, and boy, let me tell you, it continues to kick him while he's down. Not that he's down, but it's kicking him. And then special shout-out to our largest patron contributors monthly, disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Mike Childry, and Joe Weiss. Thank you for your generous support on Patreon each and every month. Now we're recording this, literally probably three weeks out from the time it airs. Not quite that much, but it's far out. Trust me. Doc, how are you?
3: It is seven thirty in the morning on my day off. I'm ready to attack. I'm ready to attack this show, though. Like um, half Hannibal, half Jeff Hardy. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, I thought you were gonna do a Sonny reference of some sort right there. I'm glad you didn't go with that one.
3: No, I I, well, that's for after the show. That's that's for the after-show party that we usually have. She can come to that. You want to have? So I I was just imagining. (laughs) I was just imagining talking about Harper not being here. That like he and Darren are like some buffoonish crime-fighting duo that's out fighting crime on the streets of Metairie. Except they keep arguing and miss the crime. No, no, turn here. We got to go down here. Shut up! And they just completely blow it every time. They're fighting. Not... They're fighting. They're fighting crime in the beer coolers of Metairie.
2: Darren, he's something else.
3: Yeah. I remember?
2: I remember? I guess it's three weeks ago now. The champ mentioned he wanted. Darren been bugging him for a Christmas episode on the show well I don't know what happened with the champ and in Harper but he was like kayfabe them. I don't know I guess they got him all bothered there was some text exchange right you remember this story from Harper yes okay well I hadn't, <clears throat> hadn't had a chance to tell you about this so the champ reaches out to me and says Send D-Man a message. I think I told you that. Asking why, if he wants to does, come back on the show. Hold on.
3: <laughs> why does the champ send orders to people?
2: Well, hold on. He said, let me know if he responds. He's ignoring me and Harper. So, you know, I've been knowing the champ, I've been knowing the champ for 25 years and you know whatnot. So I reach out to the champ. I reach out. I DM or uh, text the D man because I did find his number because I was on a text exchange with him and Harper and the champ. And I'm like, hey, did you really want to come back on BTT for a Christmas episode Luke told me you did a few days ago? I'm trying to be nice. Doc can say a lot of things about me. I am very, very nice to people. <laughs> I give them You're nice to people all... you
3: don't really know.
2: I give them all the rope they need <laughs> to do what they need to do to off themselves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But... This fool doesn't respond. Okay. And uh, hold on. A day later, I get a, who is this? Bruh. Thanks for playing. He's done. (laughs) Play stupid games, get stupid prizes.
3: Bruh, he's going to fuck around (laughs) and find out. First of all, first of all, I can tell you real quick, for all you out there listening, This is the number one reason why Darren may be done with the show.
2: He's got he's got a few fans. There are a few people that love him. I don't
3: care. I don't care. Here's why he's. I'm I'm glad
2: you're saying that because a lot of them are docaholics. So
3: please, I don't care to insult your
2: fan base.
3: You can like him or not. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight with you here on this one, and I think Mike's coming with me. Darren brings drama to the show, and we work really... We don't even work hard. We don't have drama about this show. Am I right?
4: I
2: mean, we bust each other's balls all the time, but... That's that's different.
3: But we're too busy being a blessing and living, laughing, and loving. We don't have time for drama... This is our this is our outlet. The drama's in the rest of our life. So when he brings drama and attitude and bullshit to the show, see ya. You know, I, I, I never... Like, go ahead.
2: I never close doors. I'm not going to say he, he won't come back on because there are times when Bro, I I'll be get, like, yeah.
3: I got to get rotator cuff surgery from closing so many doors.
2: Well, no, no, no. Let, let, hear me out. I'm all for. Here's the thing. I can't say never, because I'll probably bring him back on. But it'll be to just make fun he's of gotta him. He's got to
3: change. He's gonna have to change his attitude.
2: Uh, and I don't if,
3: like. If, I don't like the champ down there handing out. Hey, go do this. Go do that. Book your own territory. <laughs> You let <laughs> hey, hey, if we're doing that, if that's the game we're playing, somebody give Harper an ether rag. <laughs> so uh. again, this about as far as I want to get into it because we don't really do interpersonal drama. Man, every every podcast you hear has somebody, you know, mad at somebody or they gotta go or they're been beef you notice how we don't have any any of that usually and now look who's bringing it to the table (laughs) a a bit player
2: oh boy so anyway that's 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 um that's the latest on darren now by the time you hear this since it's so far out things may have changed but that's where we're at as of uh, a week before christmas or a week and a couple days uh, I thought you'd like well, that story this morning. This
3: is the this is the 2022 go home show.
2: 2021, right? No, in 2020. You're right.
3: Yeah. So uh, I know uh, we've been working real hard on our uh, resolutions for next year. Going to be the best year ever. This is the year we completely make over our personalities in middle age to uh, achieve. These resolutions that we don't plan on working on, I'm excited.
2: This is the New Year, New Me episode. Actually, I'm not completely going to
3: overhaul how, who I am in the New Year.
2: Right, as you always do. Oh, oh, for the record, um, when Darren, I said he responded. He literally responded with, "It's D Man. Just spoke with O, and I can do the pod." Next, I won't say the day, but it's a day we're already recording, Doc. Um, sorry, didn't know it was you asking originally. I have your name in my phone now. If if not, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. So now he wants to be a baby face with the Merry Christmas line at the end. I love it.
3: <laughs> I can't, man. I can't. <laughs> oh. I tell you what, here's how this is going to play out. Y'all are going to do a show because the champ told you you have to, and everybody in his orbit jumps. When he says jump, they say, how high, And that's great. Whatever. Y'all do it. Y'all do it, man. Y'all knock that out.
2: Uh, One other thing. This is not about D-Man. It kind of is, actually, but not. Uh, I want to shout out Chris Browning in the Facebook group. He wrote a very BTT Christmas poem. I'll Uh have to just send you this no no chris is phenomenal with this stuff
3: he's just I, no i'm saying uh because i can't imagine what might be going on in a christmas poem that's around us with harper decking halls and shit
2: decking halls
4: well <laughs> anyway like, out
3: his yuletide log to flog some broad in the corner
2: I'll just read the first part of it, because it's very long, but I want to shout him out, because it's tremendous. It's a very BTT Christmas, and here's just the first part. "'Twas the night before Christmas, the 24th of December. The escort from Craigslist was stroking my member. I'd never, I'd never had hired her were I even close to sober, as her guts had been busted many, many times over. She had more miles on her than a rusted-out Ford, and her tongue on my neck felt like an emery board. Her meth-addled teeth looked like jagged yellow candy, so it looked like like I'd be paying a hundred bucks for a handy. In the field of judgment on that elf on a shelf, I let her stroke on while hating myself. I was thinking about Missy Hyatt circa 1985 in hopes that my heart on would somehow stay alive. I was thinking of her blonde hair and massive bazongas while she cut up some white lines longer than congas. That's just the first part of it. It's pretty long. It's tremendous, man. This dude So,
3: so is this good. guy obviously has a working knowledge of the English language, and yet this is how he chooses to spend it.
2: Wait, wait, We're I stopped to <laughs> go, go, go ahead. I stopped short We're
3: like, going to hell, line. Dude, for encouraging and promoting and facilitating this nonsense. He goes it.
2: on this, He says by a voice I hadn't heard, I'm sorry. Uh, let me go back to the, the last line. Congas. When all of a sudden I was snapped from my daydream by a voice I hadn't heard since the last Patreon stream, it was crude and it was loud. Like a fart from Nell Carter. It filled up the trailer park with, uh, what the hell, Harper?
3: Like Darren. What the hell, Harper? Come on, man. <laughs> I, I get I get it.
2: On your podcast, you know you should talk about the biz. On your podcast, you know you should talk about the biz, but all you talk about is eating ass and slinging jizz. You and Doc and Mike Beals talk about foul mouth. You should talk about Bruno. Talk about GYD. I'm South. But fuck it. I don't talk wrestling. You know what? That's all right. Because guess what, motherfuckers? I'm playing Santa Claus tonight. This is some good shit, man. He, this is long, but it is tremendous. He shouts out all the BTT women in this. He shouts out Phil Allen and that nasty-ass Mike McDee. He shouts out, shouts out the champ. He even shouts out Javorski. Lots of shout-outs uh, to Blassie, Mike Childry, Joe Ice. Anyway chris this is great you're a lyricist man uh I love it and thank you for uh contributing on this it got a lot of good hits job and,
3: man it sounds yeah. great I can't wait to read it and that's <laughs> the, and that's the thing here so as we go into 2022 and, and you know we haven't on the on the for a shoot we hadn't had no christmas yet but we're about to but there's a lot i mean it, these are these are hard times man you know we got pandemics and Wrestlers stabbing referees and all kinds of crazy shit going on. We, no you know, we got a lot to be thankful for, and this show and the community we've built, as filthy as it might be, uh, I, I really feel like we bring a lot of joy to everybody. How do you, How do you feel?
2: I think we bring, based on the feedback, we get a lot. We bring people lots of joy, lots of and, there, and, and, and joy.
3: And, and let me tell you, the wrestling podcast. And I got to tell you, the, the there's too many ads. And I get it. That's how they make money. That's how they justify doing their show. But when it's more ad than content, I got, and the, some of these shows are too long, I, I don't have seven hours to listen to, To to, I, I, you know, that's too much. So, I don't know. Speaking of too much, maybe we should get into the show.
2: Are you exaggerating when you keep saying there's more ads than content?
3: So... I don't, you know, a new thing here is I'm trying not to give other podcasts the spiff here, but there's a certain podcast Mm -hmm. and let's say, trying to think of a tactful way to say this. Let's say that the star of the show's. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You know, I ain't going to change. Look, man they they reconfigured that show smartly to go through his career and it's been good but when i say you go 2 minutes and then you're going back to commercial that's that's not enough content for me okay and and i you know i can wear that 30 30 second thing out here's the other thing that these podcasters need to know they need to work the the the, the advertisers because if you just make it in thirty second increments, I, but if I pass through the ad and hit into your hit into muscle, hit into that content, I ain't going back.
2: It's got to be real good. You'd go back, but it's got to be real good. It's got to be something juicy that you
3: just gotta hear. They need to put us over for me to go back. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, uh, on that note, hey, we don't do ads. So become a patron, tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Great way to support the show. We're not stealing money from advertisers who want to promote a product that you'll never buy. But we do promote our Patreon at tinyurl.com slash BTT, where you can get 300 plus Patreon episodes, video versions of these shows that we do here. Look, we just did the Sunny Only Fans. I think it was... The grossest thing i one of one of the worst things I've ever seen with the I Red I think Rocket. you're being yeah. way
3: too hard on on Sonny there. I think Sonny, I mean, if you talk about her being now, you can question her decisions for doing this. I mean, that's, the, you know, some she didn't get enough hugs as a child or something. But I mean, she's forty nine, we said.
2: Disgusting, Doc, that's no, no, no. Comment.
3: She, come on, you, you're being way too difficult on her. Now, I agree that a that a woman such as her that was a natural, natural, natural beauty didn't need to get that that, that the the duck lip thing done or anything like that. But forty nine is is not young all the time, and she she didn't look that bad.
2: This she is looked, not what I'm attacking. I'm not even talking about her look. Oh, You're talking this about
3: is- the fact that she was. doing foul things to a hot dog
2: i'm not disrespecting the look of her this has nothing to do with that we're talking about the layout and what So you're mad about how
3: she chooses to earn a living
2: sure if that's what you want to call it i guess you know whatever anyway
3: look smuggling dicks in various parts of her body
2: (laughs) become a patron tinyurl.com/patreonbtt that's just dirty uh you get access to not only that the pay-per-views we've done from WCW uh from 88 to 90 now at this point the clashes I mean what were we do 12 or 13 of them at this stage can't remember exactly uh the world class shows are all there tinyurl.com/patreonbtt and um, I'm sure your woman didn't give you what you wanted for Christmas, even though you told her you wanted a Patreon subscription. So
3: how do you wrap silence?
2: So you can go now to tinyurl.com slash Patreon and give yourself, give yourself the gift of BTT's Patreon content. And if you sign up for a year and just go annual, you'll get one month for free. So please do it. And we definitely would appreciate it on that note. Doc, let's jump into uh, this week's episode where we've got August 4th, 1990. Another two-hour banger that I know you could not wait to get to on this week's show as you complained. Uh, again, uh, we, I believe we're still in Gainesville, Georgia at the Georgia Mountain Center, if my research was correct. And I think we were here last week, too. Um, I think they taped this July 16th. But, you know, records sometimes can be wrong for whatever it's worth. Uh, the open shows, Jim Ross and Bob Cottle. Cotto says all evidence points to Luger being injured by the horseman. And I would tend to agree based on what we saw at the end of last week's episode, where Luger came to the ring with either some kind of wooden stick or a pipe. And uh, then they send us straight to the ring. Anything from the opening doc before we go to Sid Vicious versus Joe DeFuria? No, sir. All right. So in the picture, uh, as we get started on uh, the first match, we do get a pitcher and pitcher from Sid. Sid basically sit, tells Sting that he's next as far as, you know, he's going to be the world champion, going to beat Sting, all that good stuff. Uh, during this match, Lex Luger walks out and all he does stand in the aisle uh, with the crowd going nuts as Lex stands there watching the match. And I thought that was kind of um, interesting how they did that because he doesn't say anything. And I think when you don't say anything like that, a lot of times it does make things more impactful. Uh, any thoughts, Doc, on Lex coming out, standing there, staring? Look at the crowd react as we're watching the video version of this. They they get up. I mean, they are they are like, oh yeah. Um, look, it's at something to
3: the look, at look at those pants! Imagination. Look at those britches.
2: I'd rather not, but okay. Uh, any thoughts on this? This is kind of cool, actually. The way they do it.
3: I thought it was great. First of all, the crowd really helped make that that come alive, but. I thought it was great. I mean, so you can see Sid over Lick's shoulder. He's down in his little stance going, Come on, buddy. So he's not taking a step back. But Luger's just a, a granite statue. He ain't moving. He's just staring a hole in Sid. I thought it was the crowd. The crowd is still into it, man. And we're a minute into this, and they're still standing and waiting. And what I really like about it is, is. In today's product, it would have been well, these two are going to face each other in hour two. Hmm. No, they didn't say a word, they didn't have to. Less is more sometimes,
2: less is more. And when you leave things to the amount, I mean, look, I think we all thought this guy's, I think this guy's kind of special yelling at Sid right here on the video version. I think we all. You know, even if you see this for the first time, you assume, yeah, the horseman had something to do with this.
3: That looks like—that's how I imagine D-Man looking.
2: mm, You've seen pictures of him, so you you know that's not what he looks like. But what I was going to say was, you know, you you imagine. Look, we all know and felt okay. Definitely, the horseman had something to do with Luger getting jumped and beat up, right? But the fact that Luger just comes out and he stares is like sending a, a a. an unsaid message. He's like, "Yeah, I got you. I got you. And I ain't got to say nothing. You know I'm coming." Or maybe that's not what he's saying, but the bottom the end of the day, man, the fans are reacting and this went on for a few minutes with them kind of cheering and just going nuts for Luger just standing there, and not doing nothing. And to the greater point you made, you know, in today's world when you got 3 hours to fill every single Monday or another 2-hour show on Thursday, they do, that's exactly what they do nowadays. There's the stare and then later on the hour it's, we're gonna blow this thing off already and there's nothing to it. It just, yeah it's really dumb. So anyway, I'm not saying this goes anywhere, but for what it's worth, it was good and the fans bought into it and at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for, the fan reaction. I mean Sid uh, Luger.
3: pins the guy with one knee looking at Luger. This was really well done.
2: Yeah. And he points at him and Luger sees him, pin him and Luger walks off. And, and when Luger turns around to walk off, the fans jump up again. They, they were more interested in what hap- what's happening with Luger. And you know, the thing about what Luger did, he, he didn't, it wasn't distracting in that he was out there just acting crazy. All he did was stand there. So while the fans could look at him to see what the hell's going on, they're also not distracted by what's going on in the ring, and they can look because it's not like he's out there fighting with somebody. And he's just standing there, just stoic, no reaction. And um, it was good, like you said. So we beat that horse to death. Let's keep keep going. We get a bunch of commercials. Um, man, I'm fast forwarding through these. I, I did watch, them. one was Bugle Boy jeans for twenty five ninety five. I did not do the adjusted for inflation on that, but um, God, I've it's been a million years since I've thought of Bugle Boy jeans. Mm-mm. So anyway, yeah. uh, uh, did you wear those? Did uh, did uh, Mama Doc uh, buy those for you <laughs> back in the day? I'm just curious.
3: Bro, here's five, Here's four or five pairs of of Levi's you're lucky you got that instead of
2: rustlers. (laughs) Oh man.
3: We're the same same pair of pants, you know, we're the same thing every day to school. Okay.
2: Did you, um, but did you have Walmart here when you were that age? Yeah. Okay. We didn't. That's why I'm asking. Uh, we didn't, we didn't have Walmart till probably my teen years. And I don't think about it. Um, okay. Um, so, like, I think our parents, me and Harper's parents probably went to, like, Kmart for jeans and or Sears because there was Sears. But anyway, we'll, we'll keep going. So we then go to a another wrestling wrap up segment. This is like, remember, the wrestling wrap up magazine. I guess they consider this the digital magazine of what or whatnot. And first they go to Luger from last week with his rip, you know, ripped appearance, his shirts ripped. Uh, I think he had even a rip in his pants after having been attacked. And from Luger, then we go to Sting, who's going to cut a promo. And let's go to that part right now.
0: The horseman. And as the wrestling wrap-up continues, ladies and gentlemen, here on World Championship Wrestling and PBS, I'm here with the heavyweight champion of the world, and I had requested that the United States heavyweight champion Lex Luger join us, but this uh, silence, this moratorium that Luger is experiencing is a deadly silence. Why has he refused all interviews with the media since his altercation a week ago?
4: Well,
1: because Jim Ross, he's narrow-minded. When you're talking about the Horseman and Ric Flair, of course... He won't say that they actually jumped him, and of course they won't admit to it also. He's narrow-minded. He's got one thing on his mind. He wants to get revenge, just like I wanted to get revenge. So simply,
0: he's going to get it. One thing about it is if if Lex Luger could get hit at any place at any time, you have to think that you're the ultimate target of the horseman.
1: I've already been a target of the horseman. I've already been in the surgery. I've been in the hospital. I was out for five months, almost a career-ending injury. Tried to do it to Luger, too. We're both still back. He's going to be back. We're both going to get revenge. Whatever it takes, the horsemen are going to go down once and for all.
0: All right, fans, those comments from Sting, and now let's go back to the ring. Wrestling fans, the following contest. So Sting mentions how he was
2: attacked by the horsemen. He knows how it feels, so he obviously sides with Lex. He says, Lex wants revenge, and it's completely understandable, and Doc watched that, and I'm thinking it had the same effect of an Ambien would have on most people.
3: Well, he doesn't know what the the, – what the term narrow-minded means.
2: Now you're going to... They
3: used that wrong.
2: Really? So you're going to educate us on how to use that then, I guess?
3: Uh, I don't think I have to. I think all our listeners (laughs) are smarter than 1990 Sting.
2: You're an asshole. You're such an ass. Well, I'll keep moving because we then go to the next match. We talked about Candyman last week. Candyman being uh, our... Man Brad Armstrong. Candyman Brad Armstrong. He's not just Candyman this week. You notice that. Now he's Candyman Brad Armstrong. Uh, kids Where's so his work, candy? So and I don't know, but he's t- he's going up against Bill Ford. And they show a picture and pitcher from Brad Armstrong as the match starts. I told you they were gonna just go nuts with this damn pitcher and pitcher stuff, Doc. Did I not? It's and Armstrong match. it's every match. It's ridiculous. They they overboard. Way too overboard and it's very much WWF nonsense from this time period. Armstrong says he has chose Doug Furness as his tag team partner because how can you go wrong choosing the world's strongest man? My thought here was I've not seen an NWA pro or main event from this era for a long time. I don't know if there's something that was said there or I've missed something on Saturday night, but I didn't know he was searching for a tag partner. But I'll give the benefit of the doubt because I don't, haven't watched any of the other episodes in quite a while. I don't know what kind of thoughts you had on Brad's promo before we continue with this match, anything, or do you want to talk about scrap iron bill Ford and his awesome look?
3: Uh, I did notice that he's wrestling in a shirt. And if you listen to the old timers back then, they didn't wrestle in shirts.
2: Yeah. Well, he's in an, what they would say was, Oh, well, that guy's just, he was just a, he was, they would either say he's a job or an enhancement talent. So it doesn't matter. Okay. But, it does point out their hypocrisy. Because everything wasn't always irritating, brother. I
3: would have partnered Scrap Iron Bill Ford here with Dutch Mantel and had myself one hell of a blue collar tag team.
2: You know, I don't know a lot about Scrap Iron Bill Ford, but he doesn't look bad in the ring. I mean, he's not like a technical wizard of any sort, but he doesn't look like one of these idiots who just doesn't know how to bump and stuff. But I wonder if, like, if you put a mic in front of him. If he could talk, I mean, we know Dutch could, but I think you're on to something and I hate when you're right, but I do have to agree with you Man, him and Dutch, even, even a scrap iron grew that beard out a little bit more, let the hair grow a little bit more. I mean, he's got a touch of back hair. It looks like
3: he's your killer. Tim Brooks kind of guy.
2: Can I tell you something about killer Tim? What's up? I never, I never got into it
3: i'm not saying that he was my favorite wrestler but you need all kinds of people throughout the card and and scrap iron looks different
2: let me tell you a little story you bring up killer tim i've never mentioned this on the wcw a world-class show at lance you because lance wouldn't go with it i know you might but, um so back during my indie days uh there was a a lady she was a very nice lady very very nice lady
3: that you know what that means right there I ain't trying to be racist, but
2: no, 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 no. Very, very nice lady. Uh, I won't say her name. Kind as could be, she would, she would go, she lived in South Louisiana. She, um, she worked for one of the promoters that I worked for. Um, the, the, this gentleman had a, uh, he was, he had his own business and she worked for, uh, this, this promoter. So, and I don't know how they met, if they met through wrestling or whatnot, but I'm having a conversation with her one day, and we were talking about world-class and just different stuff. And she knew her, pardon my friend, she knew her shit. Like, you talked to her about world-class and the Von Ericks. She wasn't one of these internet people who talk like they know it, but then you start getting into the minutiae of it and don't have, they don't have a clue. She knew. She could tell you stuff about Carrie's foot. I mean, she knew details. I was like... I come to find out later, I was like, "Damn, maybe only only family knew that." Well, it was because she had dated Killer Tim Brooks, mm. and um, she would go on and on glowingly about Killer Tim, mm-hmm. like they were a couple's couple, like you know, not just let's toss she them wasn't in just the sheets.
3: At back at the motel, she could get a steak dinner out of this thing.
2: Yeah. And, okay. and, and so then I was talking to another buddy of mine about this because I was kind of naive. I had only been around wrestling at that point, like indies for like maybe a year. And he just looked at me and goes, bruh, a rat's a rat. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. That's a nice lady. You know, I'm t- I'm young. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, I mean, she let, she, I'm not, I'm not saying they weren't a couple, I'm just, just repeating the story.
3: What do you but think?
2: I think... uh
3: you think a rat's a rat? Uh,
2: I, you know, this, was, this woman was older at that point. I mean, this is the, the 96, 97 time frame. She was hey, when a,
3: you're in southern Louisiana, you can't be too choosy, right? I
2: don't know. She was an older lady, so I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But our man, Brad Armstrong... We'll go on to win this match. He hits forward with the side Russian leg sweep and pins forward. And it's funny hearing Cottle and JR say Candyman, Brad Armstrong, gets the win. Um, We've talked about this a lot. I don't know, man. I think Brad never got his just due. Still don't think. I think he does from us, but mainstream wise. Uh, We'll keep moving. Uh, Any other thoughts, Doc, on this match?
3: No, I mean the federation is better when there's more than one Armstrong in it. So gimmicks, goofy, but come it's on, Candyman. E-
2: it's not even a gimmick. It's just his name.
3: Yeah, it's it, not- I mean,
2: I, it, it's, it's they are calling him Candyman, and outside from the outside from I guess the red and white tights with the white lettering, and some of them he end up no stripes. There's no candy. It's like they wanted him to be. A peppermint cane or something i don't I don't get it it's it's i
3: mean it would be like the million dollar man, but he ain't got no money
2: that right there's nothing candy about it. it's God, I hate to say it like that, but there literally is it's boogie nothing about you says computer or technology i i i just don't i don't I don't understand it anyway, we'll keep moving.
3: This is one of those things they did to just get her to shut up.
2: Yeah, it's like they said, we'll call him Candyman, Brad Armstrong.
3: Just calling him fucking Candyman so that fucker will shut up. But there's nothing candy. He's just Brad Armstrong. Hey, look. Hey, look. look. I know. But Hurt keeps bringing that shit up in the booking meetings. So if we just do it, he can't say anything. He'll fucking leave us alone. Just trust me. It won't hurt anything. We'll call him the Candyman. We don't have to do anything different but herd can't yell at us.
2: I guess because again, you ain't ever done that on a shoe job. Oh, just go with it. Yes. Look, let's just go with it. Call it whatever they want. We're still going to do X, Y, and Z. And yeah,
3: your boss is over there hitting the, the RVD on the dumbest idea of all time. And you're like doing that painful smile. Like, yeah, that's great. I mean, employees love that kind of shit. Let's have a pizza party.
2: And you're just looking at him like, boy, you're going to get praise when I fix this thing for you. They're going to blow you like, like like, you're stone coal. Yeah. I guess that's what they did. But again, he's there's nothing candy about him. He's just Brad Armstrong with red and white tights. All right, next match. Um, There was a replay, a kind of a replay in an announcement. JR and Bob Cottle... Uh, they mentioned Stan Hansen is on his way back after his 30-day suspension. I can't believe it's already been 30 days, which is now over. They replay Nick Patrick announcing Hansen's suspension. One called the Hitman. Mm. You're watching on the video version of this. Boogie, nothing about you says computer or technology. <laughs> nothing about this guy says hit or man. Uh hitman. Doc, we did get a picture and pitch from Rich as the match starts. And Rich says he is ready for Hansen. Uh, rich says he's a winner and not a quitter and boy tommy rich is sweating buckets in this match but i had a note
3: here he's sweating like
2: video keeps freezing uh for everyone i think it might be the software because it didn't do this when i was watching it um i had a note about that like what the hell like is there not ac in this bill i mean it's august 4th you're in the south i mean if there's no ac it's pretty damn hot in this building, but I don't know. And then you're under all those lights. But he's he's got that promo.
3: He's moist. Moist.
2: Uh, what other, Any other thoughts on the match or the hitman?
3: I mean, this I is... I guess we're taking a shot at Brett.
2: That's what I thought. But the guy's got blue and he's got blue tights in the black singlet. And I was like... Are they baby blue too? I'm like, are they trying to take us? Look at this fucking idiot! He can't. He
3: can't run the ropes.
2: He can't run the ropes. Rich drops down. He that was my. I had him. a
3: timestamp right there, so you don't have to do it because that was the timestamp. Was this fool clumsily running the ropes?
2: Yeah. Um, I not much from this man.
3: Man, I think that just the the hitman piece made him look. Low rent, in my opinion,
2: it's bad. (laughs) And the fact, I mean, I guess that's part of it. They were like, and and, and
3: here's the other thing that looks bad why does Tommy Rich have to get so sweaty to beat this chump?
2: Why does he have to go so long to beat him? That too? Because it went for a while. Like, he's about to hit the Fez press here.
3: Hey, here's my sweaty nuts.
2: Yeah. I don't get it. Don't, did Tommy do a line in the back? That's why he's sweating like
3: that? I, I'm, that, that thought did cross my mind.
2: I mean, I'm asking because, like, the other dude, aint he's sweating, but he ain't sweating like Rich.
3: Well, it's hard to tell if he's sweating or if that's just Tommy Rich's sweat.
2: We talk about the important things here on BTT. Now.
3: Well, and speaking of important things.
2: Budro. <laughs> Let's go to Buddy Landell, who has something to tell Tommy Rich.
4: Yeah. What,
0: what is Buddy boy. Landell doing down there? He wants Tommy Rich back out there. As we have said, Landell and Rich had a match last Sunday on TBS's main event. Come on there, boy. Now, everybody
1: sing, me. Listen. Everybody seen me beat him right in the middle of the ring a couple of weeks ago. I beat you right in the middle of the ring. Look at me when I'm talking to you, boy. Everybody saw me beat you right in the middle of the ring. So I'm going to be a real nice guy. Next week on WTBS, I'm going to give you a rematch, boy. How's that sound? Let you prove yourself. See how I embarrassed him in front of everybody right here. Well hey, let right there. You know, all these people know a lie when they see one to begin with. But I show you what kind of man the wildfire is. Because because, because everybody gets to see you get that booty will flash time. But I
0: tell you what, you won't be again. breaking out right here. Landell wanted Wildfire Tommy Rich on the NWA main event tomorrow night.
2: And Landell is hitting for the high ground. Um the video keeps freezing, but yeah, Buddy Buddy challenges Tommy Rich. Buddy looks like something else. I got a point of note there, two things. He's calling Man, he's calling Tommy Rich boy, rather condescending. That was one note. The other thing was Doc, did you see what Buddy had on his shirt?
3: I don't believe that I did.
2: Okay. He is wearing a, a L.A. gear shirt, and I'm <laughs> almost positive that that is the same shirt he had on in one of his very first Smoky Mountain Wrestling promos that would have taken place about a year from this time because I think those were taped in No, no. You're
3: talking about probably closer to, like,
4: well, 15, oh, that's true. No,
2: no, no. Months. That's true because uh, he doesn't show up until technically they start doing the, the new tapes in 92. So anyway, a year and a half later, he's going to show up in Smokey from this time period. And I swear he's got that same L.A. gear tank top on in one of his promos.
3: You'd be surprised that a guy that does that many drugs can hold on to his shirt that long.
2: Come on, Doc. Grow up. Let's not, let's not be so condescending to... The man who is the reason. You ever hang out horsemen? with people
3: that do drugs?
2: There's something else. I tell you that much.
3: <laughs> I just, you know.
2: What do you think about this promo, though?
3: Man, I want to know because, like, they keep saying in this time that that we don't want we want to be national. We don't want to be a southern promotion, but you've got Armstrongs everywhere. You got. I mean, this this show is like a damn episode of Continental and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Sid came from Continental.
2: I mean, I don't want to call it that.
3: I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I like Southern wrestling. But you got these two hillbillies. Missy's out. She's got that hillbilly sound. You got the Southern boys. You got the Freebirds fighting over who's the most Southern.
2: That that's definitely a, a Southern angle. I mean, they're fighting over the Georgia state title of I mean, like, come on, that's definitely a Southern thing. Uh, I, it was fine. It's Buddy, man. I can't.
3: No, I'm always like Buddy. Yeah
2: and they were good there i mean they start mixing it up and, and buddy's got them damn short shorts on that. i guess people were still wearing in 1990 i guess as he, as he runs off they were la gear shorts too i don't know if you caught it but he runs off and he's like let me get the hell out of here man tommy rich about to whoop my ass but it was fine it was good stuff from
3: buddy and that's what again, you did let me get out of here tommy rich is about to whoop my ass
2: yeah that's what i did right uh-huh sure Next match we go to is Paul Orndorf versus Lee Scott. We get a pitcher in pitcher promo from Orndorf before the match where Orndorff talks about wrestling Barry Windham. And Orndorf says he's going to show Windham how effective and emphatic the pile driver will be. You know, I guess it's fine he's focused on Windham, but, you know, he kind of was mixing it up with Arn, and we got that stupid stipulation at the pay per viewer clash last when we did, or it was a clash actually, I think, man, Orndorff and Arn would have been great to continue with um, as far as the TV title goes, but they just kind
3: of move right away from that. We're all over the place on this. That was my is Like, we brought in Orndorff, who's a major superstar, and what are we doing with him? And I well, get it. A- well, he's with Wyndham. Yeah, but he was with Arn. Let's get him in something, and let's heat it up, and let's go.
2: Yeah, I, that's my thing. Like, there's nothing wrong with Wyndham. It's just that you you originally were like, because you were working towards the class, you rushed the match with him versus Arn for the T or not even for the TV title. It seemed like it was for the TV title, but then ultimately ended up not being for the TV title. And it was non-title, even though they never mentioned it. So you got that going. And I'm, you know, I think we all would have liked to see that continue to play out. Cause you got Orndorff and Arn. I mean, damn, that's two stars right there, but they just went away from it. And it makes no sense. It's just no consistency. And, You know, you got to be fair. If you do, if somebody would have did that today, the first thing you're going to do is get online and tweet about it or complain on social media. This company doesn't know what they're doing. So to be fair, they, I I just don't understand. I mean, I understand it's lack of leadership in the promotion or the leader you have is incompetent. So I know why it happened the way it did, but it's just dumb. You got a star here. Go with it. Put them on and let them do their thing. So I beat that horse now, and Orndorff, uh you know, he's going to end up winning this thing with a big spike pile driver at the end. And, Doc, I got uh, any thoughts from you as I go to the finish?
3: No. The spike look good as always?
2: Yeah, he gets that air on it, man, I tell you. So uh, here it is. If you're watching on the video version, boof. Good stuff from Orndorff Stuck. right there. Stuck him. One, two, three. Um, after that, we go to a series of commercials. I didn't note down any of them, but um, I will say the next match is Barry Windham, who we were just talking about, that Orndorf was addressing, uh, versus a gentleman by the name of Chris Powers. Again, Barry's a star, so we're not complaining about Paul and Barry. It's just, eh. Um, as happened during the Sid match earlier, we do get another appearance from Luger, who comes out and stands in the aisle, he, aisle and he just stares at Windham in the ring. And once again, Doc, as you saw, the crowd loses their mind. This time, they actually get a you know, Luger chant going. They're actually chanting for Luger. They're chanting his name. Uh, let me go to you, and you give me your thoughts on anything you got from this match or Luger once again coming out and standing there with no reaction.
3: Once again, I thought this was really good and paints Luger in a great light, and it really kind of points out the fact that we put the strap on the wrong baby face.
2: Explain what you mean by wrong baby face and who should have gotten it, just so we're clear. I know what you mean, but...
3: Sting can be for the kids and sells toys and T-shirts, but Luger with the belt would have provided a much different approach here.
2: There are a lot of people who agree with you, and then there are a lot of people you talk to them, they're like, no, Luger shouldn't have had it at this time. But I I I tend to Look, man, Flair had a great match with Sting. We talked about it on a pay-per-view, right? When he won the belt and um, when um Sting won the belt. But I, after what we saw from Luger in 89 and now even in the 90, I don't know, man. Like I think Luger's a better champion at this point than Sting. I just did. Why not? You still could have did the stupid stuff they're gonna do with the Black Scorpion, mm. with Sting, if Sting's not champion. I think you could. I mean, you think you still do it, but dude, you can't tell me, man. Lou, all those great matches Luger had in '89, all of them, and, and you know, like you even, dude, you never admit when you're wrong about something, or rarely. I won't say never. You rarely admit because you like to play heel and go back and forth, and yeah, it's, right, like, right, I, right, yeah. But you even said I was wrong about Luger. Was your exact words? I don't about remember Luger. saying that. You said it. <laughs> uh, you said it. So anyway, um, good stuff here. The crowd chanting Luger's name. Barry's gonna end up hitting the big lariat on what's this guy's name again? Chris Powers. Did you have anything from the from the actual match, Doc?
3: No, nothing from the actual match because the the story is outside the ring. It really is.
2: And Barry just... You, you know one thing about how... This match was a little longer than it needed to be, but you know why it actually made sense to me?
3: Because but they're allowing the outside story to build.
2: Not just that. Barry's distracted. Like, he can't just focus on... Because, you know, Barry knows what the horsemen do. They get in there, they jump people. He doesn't know. And, you know, we're thinking, okay, Barry's, Barry's probably like, oh, damn, Luger's on to us. We jumped him. Now he's out here, you know, going to come, come up and... So he's distracted and he can't focus on the sap he's in a ring with called Chris Powers. That was my thought. Well, you know, I mean, there's nothing disrespectful. Come on, man. I'm not trying to be mean.
3: That's nice. What? Just, I would think you would have more respect for the fine Christian athletes that help build the house. But no, sap.
2: Sure. Doc, before I hit play on Flair's promo, you, you got any comment on his on his halo of hair? He cut it. If he's he, cut it. It's He's, he's cut it. it.
3: He's cut it. But if he's going to cut it, it seems like he might need it to have thinned it out as well.
2: It's, is that what women call too much body to the hair?
3: I, I, I'm not a woman. I will tell you that he looks. Here's my um, <laughs> unprofessional hair opinion is it looks poofy. I think I bet somewhere out there though, in the BTT land of broads, we have a hair stylist. And I bet you that that broad could tell us what was going on here.
2: We, we actually do have, um, I believe, uh, and you saying broad, um, a, a very. I just fine, want. To,
3: I just want the ladies to know where they stand.
2: We have a very, very, very wonderful lady out there who's a patron, uh, who um, who can answer that question. I think so. Um, Shani, What's
3: the, here's the answer. Uh, we, What's the we, technical term that the <laughs> industry insiders use to discuss this hair?
2: So, Shani, uh, you let us know what is the technical term that the. Industry experts or insiders would call this hairdo. I think you can answer it. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I think you can answer it. As we wait, go what's down, her,
3: wait. What's her name?
2: As we go, you, I'm not going to let you do this. We're going to go to Ric Flair because I know. No, what you no, no. I, I, I,
3: it sounded at first, and I didn't really hear you. Like that might have been a sister. No, and, it's not a okay. sister.
2: She's, she's, she's a caucasoid like you.
3: Wow. Okay.
2: So, so you're, so you're, so, you're, so now you're you're judging what people are by the the way a name sounds.
3: I don't know many African-American people that would let a white person cut their hair. So I don't know how that follicle knowledge crosses ethnicities. (laughs)
2: Let me tell you something.
3: Tell me something.
2: don't, think we have any sisters who are I know we don't have any sisters who are patrons uh, We got a lot of brothers who listen to this show. I don't know no, if we got any course. sisters that listen to this show. We, we definitely we dev- got some white women that listen to the show. I, I, I don't right. know if we've crossed over the threshold of the sister yet
3: Harper I think, and I bring in the Harper and I bring in the white lady
2: Of course you do. Let's go now to Ric Flair
0: and his poofy bodied hairdo Bob Connell, Jim Ross The Nature Boy Rick Flair and fans, if you remember last week here on the program, we saw Lex Luger at the conclusion of the program coming to the building after being attacked. The horsemen are getting the blame for this, Rick. and thus far in the program we've seen Lex Luger come to the ring and scout the horsemen's matches. Does that bother you? When you are the focusing point
1: for everything that goes on in this sport, you're blamed for everything, whether it's right or wrong. The bottom line is Luger's a big boy, United States Heavyweight Champion. He represents the greatest wrestling alliance in this sport. You learn to be tough, Luger. You walking out here watching me and Iron Bishops, Barry Windham. what's gonna happen to you, pal, is you will have to deal with us directly. We are the horsemen. And let me say one thing to you, Luger, as you walk around pouting, you better tell Sting, I'm talking about our new champion, that as long as he's a friend of yours and vice versa, the same thing could happen to him tomorrow. One day you're
0: on top, the next day you're on your way out. Woo! Fans, we'll be back with more right after this.
2: That's was a delayed reaction when I clicked that. Uh, Doc, thoughts on Flair right there?
3: I thought he was good. I, I just don't understand, like, the whole thing where I get Flair, like, I'm getting my shit back. Like, I'm getting my title back. But... The Sid part of it confuses me, so we'll see what happens here. Oh, shit. Yeah. This bullshit.
2: I agree. Um, the Sid part is confusing. Um, Z-Man is groped and assaulted on the way to the ring. We're, we're going it now. It doesn't
3: to... matter because we've got some big, big news when you talk about this interview in set.
2: So, uh, Pillman and Z-Man are heading to the ring. They're taking on snake watson and did i
3: write this name crusher before? Knopf. crusher Knopf.
2: yeah crusher Knopf. which he looks like a 70s wrestler i mean i'm not trying to insult the guy um z-man came to the ring and was literally assaulted by a woman who just grabbed him and slapped the kiss on him if and...
3: we've learned anything from this show it's that a rat is a rat
2: now, there's a picture-in-picture picture from Z-Man and Pillman about them tagging together. And Pillman says they're back as a team. And I truly could be there's, – there's nothing that I could be less excited about. What do you have from that? You said you have something from the picture-in-picture.
3: Picture. No, I haven't. I mean, just – what if they cut a real promo? Like, well, we're back together because Herd's a fucking jackass. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing.
2: That would have been better than what we got. Not that what we got was bad. It just doesn't make sense.
3: Well, I did a little bit of um, research on Snake Watson.
2: Yes. Please proceed.
3: Uh, Snake Watson, uh, a couple of years after this, 1992, uh, gets stabbed to death outside of a Jacksonville, Florida nightclub.
2: Jesus Christ. It's terrible. God. God. Did it say what happened like that? I mean, was it did, no, like, no, no. I was, hey, I'm lucky I
3: got there. that. Wow. It, and then, um, so, yeah, he. The reason I ask is. He just had an interesting that mustache. He kind of has a. He kind of has a, as Harper would say, dollar store version of Joel Deaton look going on.
2: He does. He's got a dollar store. He's like a dollar store Joel Deaton, but also like a mix of Deaton and Magnum because he's got the, the that mustache, which isn't Ooh, quite Magnum. I think
3: that's a little racist, pal. I don't see any Magnum in this guy.
2: Uh, you're not. I'm not saying he's Magnum. It's like a mix of it's like a it's like a terrible mix of Deaton and Magnum.
3: Terrible. The man is dead, sir.
2: This has nothing to do with him being dead. If you could be dead and still look like someone, a dollar store version of someone.
3: Uh, okay. Well, yeah. the other thing I wanted to point out here, if you're done insulting the dead, is... You're an um, asshole. What? Proceed. Crusher Knopf. Yeah, we like got him? I'd like you to take a look at his boots.
2: Does he ever get in a ring I'm like <laughs> like waiting for him to
3: <laughs> no he, he does he yeah. has kind of a he kind of has more of a i wouldn't say a dollar store version like a homeless man's version of uh John Tenta
2: uh yeah, I could see that yeah i I see that uh-huh
3: so what are I mean, his boots
2: yeah I think those are supposed to be kind of like the those just slip-ons. Oh
3: no, they—that's yeah. a thing.
2: Well, Dusty used to wear those too. Okay. So, like, um, so I think, and again, you know, old footage isn't HD. It looks like they're supposed to be kind of like almost cowboy boots, but it's hard—really hard to tell. But yeah, they're—they're they're not like lace-ups. He just slips them on. I mean, the guys wore those back then. They're just—but I think that's what he's supposed to have. They're supposed to be kind of like cowboy boots. Yeah, they are. Okay. That's exactly what they're supposed. That's what they're supposed to be. So and again, it's hard you, to tell. Well,
3: let me ask. You. This seems like one of those things that wrestlers use when they want to use it. And here's what I mean by that. So let's say the menace shows up in a pair of slip-on cowboy boots in the '90s to work. If the vet veteran is in a good mood and likes you, they're like, "All right, that's pretty neat." But if that same veteran's having a bad day, his wife won't, you know, slurp, slurp, give, and the rat in the town died of syphilis, then he might just look at you and go, real wrestlers wear lace-em-ups, dickhead.
2: Well, no, no, no. So here's the thing. Actually, I can't tell if those because when I when I say slip-ons, I mean there are boots, there are wrestling boots specifically made like that. I can't tell if those are real wrestling boots because they look like they have a heel on them, and most wrestling boots are flat. Uh, so I I don't know if those are actually wrestling boots. Not that I'm saying that because because of, of the heel on them. Uh, I will say this: you you know, I I wore tennis shoes at first. Um, it was Christ. it was part of it was part of the gimmick. No one, not one of those old-timers gave me a hard time about that.
3: How would you explain your gimmick to, like, somebody who doesn't watch wrestling? And I mean, so, like, if if you were going to tell my mom that you were a wrestler, and she goes, oh, were you like Hulk Hogan? What you, you know, she, no, no, ma'am. I, I wasn't any. I never drew a dime. Oh, well, what, what, what was were you like a fireman? What would you say? Oh, that's easy. We're
2: talking about mama or daddy or daddy doc. I mean, because all I have to say is, you know, those thugs that play in the NBA and they get the little twisty things in their hair and. You know, they got the tattoos on oh, them. They're and, just you covered
3: know. in tattoos. And I was like, why would anybody want to do that to their body?
2: You, you know, that's that's my gimmick right there. That's easy. Oh, so You but,
3: have tattoos. I guess I can't see them right now.
2: Yeah. Right now you can't, but that's the gimmick.
3: Well, I can tell. I mean, I don't like that gimmick too much, but I can tell, by the way, you're pretty respectful. You're probably one of the good ones. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's very easy to explain, but I, you know, I mean, oh man, them old timers talk a lot of stuff. And don't get me wrong, you have some of them who are real, you know, real jackasses. To, to
3: just because be, they be. can be.
2: Yeah, but I mean, they they pick and choose their battles as well. They ain't stupid.
3: Well, does he? They're really not. The territory. He can wear whatever he wants to the ring.
2: It's not just that. Like, y- you know, it's kind of like anything, man. You know how like there were kids in school who got bullied. Cause they never stuck, you know, stood up for themselves. Those old timers only gonna do what you let them get away with.
3: Dad, and, yeah, Tommy Rich. I'm gonna
2: I'm give you, I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example. This has nothing to do with Tommy Rich. I've heard um, Shivani say years ago, you know, Butch Reed used to complain to, to Ron Simmons because the Steiners used to mess with him in the ring and they yeah, would do things to him. Yeah, he would, he would, he would they would Everybody do things to.
3: That they've heard that.
2: Well, my thing is, just that's the example, Ron Simmons is like, oh, I'm fuck, unfuckwittable. He's like, man, you know what, Ron, they keep doing this to me. And I guess they were just like, you know, potatoing at times or kind of putting them in, you know, stretching them a little bit and taking his sugar from them. And it, it, there's just different things that they were doing to him that kind of pissed Butch off. But it was like Butch just, I guess he wouldn't fight back, which is weird because you look at Butch Reed, you're like damn butch, mm-hmm. dude you know like butch wasn't just no no sap out there butch you know butch was a former football player and and he was he knew what he was doing so i mean like they just they'll do what they can get away with that's all it is to it
3: that's everybody in life
2: that's what i'm saying there's no difference It's wrestling's just a little bit different because it's a physical uh sport and yes i did say sport Uh, zilman uh, (laughs) zilman Pillman and Z Man win with their finisher. Uh, Pillman hits that drop kick again and really gets some excellent height up on it. Uh, and that's it. And then from there, we go to Missy Hyatt, who Mm -hmm. let me, let me hit pause because I'm gonna piss off a segment of our audience right now Mm because I keep getting messages about this. Uh, Doc, any thoughts on Missy right here?
3: First of all, we need to get, she needs to get that hair back to more of a blonde position. Um, and she sounds super southern here.
2: Well, she is southern.
3: Right. Who are um, you getting ready to
2: off? I keep, I keep getting emails, tweets, messages on Facebook because we talk and about. You need
3: to get off all that.
2: Hold on. When I check it, about how we, you know, you and Hopper mainly, you know, just drool over Missy and. <laughs> And I, I keep getting that we avoid the fact of how she looks today. And, and I automatically think to myself, well, I mean, do they want y'all to point out the obvious?
3: Whoa, I mean, whoa. She's an,
2: she's an older woman. What are, no, no. What are we supposed no, to not say? Gonna
3: let, I'm not going to let you do that.
2: What? I'm not saying anything bad about her. She's old. Listen. She's old. Listen. It doesn't mean you can't appreciate what she looked like, which Hopper does all Listen. the time as he puts his hand in his pants when we're reviewing these
3: I need to say to Sonny and Tammy I mean Sonny, Sonny, Sonny and Sonny and Tammy Sonny and Missy I'm sorry for the way that Mike is is talking about both of y'all you're, you're, you two are treasures yeah. of wrestling and sexual fantasies
2: so she's still in your fantasy right now.
3: From nineteen ninety, hell yeah.
2: <laughs> How old do you think she is right now? I just looked it up.
3: Uh, let's see. She's probably twenty. Let me do a little quick math. She's probably about fifty three, fifty four.
2: No, she's fifty eight. Oh,
3: yeah. I mean, I ain't going to the grocery store trying to find a fifty eight year old woman in leggings to like follow up and down the aisles and try to you know catch a whiff.
2: Catch a whiff. Wow.
3: <laughs> hey, right here, man. You got Elvis Week coming up earlier. Yeah. 5635. Sorry, I missed that earlier.
2: No, it's okay. Do I need to go back to it?
3: Nah, Elvis was a chump. King but, of Rock and um, Elvis was the king of rock and roll my ass.
2: All right. Cut that promo.
3: Well, he's um, a, you talk about he was the he was the original baseball you talk about somebody that's just not built for the times. elvis elvis what yeah. a chump
2: we love missy i'm sorry God some of you don't understand me. that <laughs> but we love missy we uh we really loved what she looked like in 1990 Oof. boy um and um you know father times undefeated but uh that doesn't mean 1990 missy wasn't all the way i don't live.
3: look anything like i did in 1990 either
2: really Could have fooled me. I thought you looked like White Lashley in 1990 as well.
3: Nah, that's today. How many? How much more? Well, maybe that hadn't worked for you. What's your weight differential from 1990?
2: Well, I mean that. I'm actually like at this point in time, not. I mean, I was, bro. I'm probably not that much heavier.
3: Hmm. You were a chunky boy back then, though—a husky one.
2: I was like—I mean, I probably was close to the same weight, but I was, you know, a little like you said, huskier. Yeah, yeah. Government cheese
3: has got a lot of fat in it.
2: I wasn't a tub of shit, but I mean, I—you know—I mean, I had—I had a lot—I had a lot more fat on my body (laughs) than I did muscle. Somebody has
3: to defend themselves by saying they weren't a tub of shit. Yeah.
2: Nah, I mean, you know. I don't know. What's your weight difference since 1990 versus now?
3: Well, you, I was I the was pandemic
2: a, then uh put a, put a few pounds
3: on you yeah, so. I put on about 25 30 pounds in the pandemic. Um I'm I've been working to get that back off, but not me. Uh, I you got to realize I was a stick. I mean
2: so, how much did you weigh in, 90, in 1990?
3: I looked like Colby Carino out there in 1990. Cheeseburger. <laughs> when, Moose, w-
2: when Moose was slinging him into the barricade?
3: <laughs> yeah, I looked like a Cheeseburger in 1990. Uh, so how much I'm, did you weigh,
2: though? Probably, and, how tall, and how tall were you? for?
3: Well, that's another question here. Because I'm, I'm... How tall am I now? 6'2"? I hadn't grown yet. So, I was like 5'2". I grew... A foot in 1991. And it shit hurt. Yeah. It hurt. It, Dude, was, it was painful. lay in bed at night. You lay in bed at night just hurting. And I was painfully thin. So you're
2: like 150 then maybe. If that.
3: Oh no. No no no. I wasn't. Shit I wasn't 150 until I was in my mid 20s.
2: Damn. You were a skinny little scrawny little son of a gun. Yeah I was
3: probably 120. In 1990. Wow.
2: Okay so I probably was closer to like. 180, um, but so
4: the, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm up about 115 pounds because I'm weighing about 235 right now, which is way too much, and I got to get that that down.
2: I was probably about 180, and I was like five, I was like an inch shorter than what I am now. I had my spurt in literally 89. Don't
3: talk about spurt, please. I had
2: a spurt. I was for real. I was like. 5'2 like you and in a year's time I grew like 6 inches and that it just went one more inch from 90 to, to the time I was 18 no well league. if you're
3: wondering why we're talking about this it's because in the ring the SST is beating up some jobber team and they are murdering did.
2: John Douglas and Tim Hughes and there was at one point where Fatu hit a super kick on one of them that looked Fantastic!
3: Nailed him. Not going to do anything with SST. We know that, so who gives a shit?
2: Yeah, it's it's really stupid what they don't do with these guys. It kind of pisses me off. Yeah, because you, you got a you have a tag team that's not a cartoon piece of shit, right? They're actually really good. They all know what they're doing in the ring, and you waste them. Just completely yep. waste them. Yep. One of them is known more for his ass later on in the 90s than he ever would have been here. And you could have put both tag titles on them and no one would have fucking batted an eye because of the talent these guys have. But we can't do that because I don't know why. Why, why can't Why can't they make these guys champions or do anything serious with them, Doc? I'm confused uh, here. We uh, We got uh, uh, two uh, sets uh, of tag belts.
3: I don't
2: know. I mean, you don't have an answer. What do you want for me? Nothing. Boy, he missed that super kick right there. Though. All right. Any other thoughts um, on no, on the match? Uh, this one. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. So Samoan drop followed by a big splash off the top, and the SST do get the win. We then get an ad for very very nice Samoan drop. We then get an ad for the Danger Zone. uh Paul Lee mentions and plugs the Danger Zone for tomorrow night on the nwa main event where he claims he'll get to the bottom line of what happened to luger so there's that if you've got access to the main event it might even be on youtube not really sure Uh, we then go to a series of commercials it's superhero week on tbs i don't really have any clue what some of these movies were that they plugged i mean there was superman and conan but there were a few that i don't ever remember movies Uh, i don't know if you watched this doc these commercials for superhero week here but i didn't find it i was
3: (laughs) trying to get to at this point i was like how much longer does this show have jesus kind of like this show we're doing it's like when is this going to be done
2: well there it's just there were like i said there was conan and superman i noticed that but then there were a series of other quote-unquote superhero movies that
3: i ain't into the superheroes so I, i i ain't about it
2: we know if you like comics Never ask Doc his opinion on comics because he really is mean to people who like comic books.
3: That's not true. I just, here's the thing. I don't know. I don't. And yeah. I don't, and I don't care.
2: I've told the story before. I have a couple of cousins who were, you know, balls deep in comics and, and they could tell you everything under the sun and it just never interested in, in I wasn't into wrestling
3: (laughs) i was into wrestling and sports yeah that was me 40 years later i'm into wrestling and sports sports. by the way and and just kick ass straight up rock and roll music i figured out what i liked at an early age and i stuck with it and about when it was age appropriate i mixed in beer and i've been doing it ever since you know what i mean
2: i do real quick doc i I have when
3: somebody tells me about the comic book they're comic books It's like somebody telling me who's on their fantasy football team. I go into Charlie Brown teacher mode.
2: (laughs) I wanted to mention one thing, doc, I have been cycling through AEW lately because, you know, you had been watching it and telling me some of the stuff we're going on with MJF and punk and some of the things MJF had been saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I gotta say when you fast forward past the stupid stuff, it's entertaining and, I am really interested because the Briscoes are going to show up there and they may have already done so as we're recording this. Let me point that out because we're recording this a couple weeks ahead of time or a few weeks ahead of more than a couple.
3: National TV ain't ready for Jay Briscoe.
2: If they allow those two, the open mics, they've allowed these other fools. And I say fools light—you know, lightheartedly. I'm here for it, bro. And I'm happy for those dudes to be on a television show like like to be on TBS, TNT because I think they're moving to TBS. I'm here for it, Doc. I, I don't nothing can go wrong with those two. That is a team that would win world titles in 1910 or 2021. Every era they translate to. But we'll keep going because we have some rather comical crap coming up here. Doc, we go to a match. We've Hmm. got the Pearl versus Joe Kazana. And I'm sure you looked up who the Pearl is. Please tell me you did. This is his only appearance as the Pearl. But please tell me you looked up who the Pearl was.
3: Yeah, I did. (laughs) Who's the Pearl, Doc? We're trying to... Make people think that this is Muda because Muda was called the Pearl of the Orient. But all we get is Ranger Ross.
2: So, for some perspective. And
3: Cottle called him Oriental.
2: Yes, he did. Um, He comes out with, you know, black pants on. He's got—I don't know what you call the—the the top, the—the the orange reddish top he's got on. He's got a black mask on with white uh, light, like lining around the eyes and mouth and nose. Uh, I can't tell if Joe Kazana's laughing as he w- gets in. I the ring thought because,
3: it might, he might have been
2: because Kazana really looks Kizana, to be looking at Kizana him. Kazana has chuckle. no
3: business to talk because that mullet is just the worst.
2: Yeah, but at least he's not. Out there no, with the stupid. no,
3: that bullet is the worst. That thing right there would sop up a wet pussy and dry it up real fast.
2: I think he was laughing at the Pearl. Um, the Pearl tries to make it look like he's from the Far East, and um, it looks fake. You can tell it's Ranger Ross. To me, this, man, is, this is trash, bro. This is mud show. Sure.
3: I get that some things in wrestling that you tried don't work. But this is one of the... Whoa. That was one of... This is one of those things that should have never been attempted. Because it was garbage in theory and in practice.
2: Someone send in... And I know Corny's bad about the drive through lately. I haven't actually listened to many of them. Someone send in a note and ask Corny his opinion on... The Pearl in 1990 WCW, August 4th, and how terrible it is. This is garbage. And I don't have anything else to say, Doc. To you. I don't either.
3: Stupid. I mean, this is one of those things that's so bad that the less we say about it, the better, most likely.
2: The Pearl wins with a moonsault onto Kazana, and I think this is his only appearance as the pearl here at this time. Terrible. Just ridiculous. I, I, I would ask what we're doing, but I already know. All right, Doc. Let's go now to watch watch Jim Ross. And if you're a patron of ours, you can get the video versions. If you're not a patron, tinyurl.com. Watch Jim Ross and the look he shoots at, buddy, during this promo. Here it is.
0: Thanks very much, Bob Cottle, ladies and gentlemen, Nature Boy, Buddy Landell, a little early in the program, went to the ring to challenge Tommy Rich, quite obviously, for tomorrow's main event here on TBS. A little rude uh, awakening for you, buddy. Well,
1: you know, Jim, a couple of weeks ago, when I beat Tommy Rich right in the middle of the ring...
0: I don't remember that. What? you beat him in the middle of the ring
1: yeah don't you remember when i beat him right in the middle of the ring with a small package okay well go ahead
0: well see to me and tommy rich go back a long way used to
1: be tag team partners i had to cut him loose then because he was the weak link in the chain so i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt come out to give him a rematch and he sucker punches me the nice guy that i am walking out beating him a couple of weeks ago right in the middle one two three Going to give him a rematch, and he wants to sucker punch a guy like me.
0: So you're ready to wrestle him tomorrow night on TBS in the main event? Hey, if I tell you
1: tomorrow's Easter, go home tonight and paint your eggs. I'll give him a match anytime he
0: wants it. <laughs> and we'll talk to Tommy Rich about that challenge a little bit later, and we'll be right back. Doc.
3: That was great. If
0: I
2: tell you, I've never. I mean, I don't remember this. I mean, obviously, I've seen this before, but I don't remember. If I tell you tomorrow is Easter, go home tonight and paint your eggs.
3: That was great. And what did a you line. catch?
2: It was a great line. Did you catch Jim Ross kind of shooting Buddy a look like, "Come on, pal. Let's come stop on, bro."
3: <laughs> look, we're all too southern here, but come on.
2: Yeah, man, this is that. Was, that was tremendous. I that loved was it. Great. I great. loved it. Absolutely loved it. Any other thoughts? Buddy was... Buddy no, was
3: Buddy was fantastic there.
2: Oh, my God. That's the... Uh, the Chris but That is the Stephen Javorsky... The moron Stephen Javorsky crank moment of the week. Because I guarantee you when this show airs, he's going to be cranking to that one. All right. We'll keep moving. We get a replay... Of JR and Bob Cotto, they throw it to Scott Steiner versus Fatu from last week's show, and it ended in a DQ due to the other Samoan using a shovel on Scott during the match, and then Scott Steiner had to make the save. We then go to uh, the next match, which is Rick and Scott Steiner versus Death Row, and mm. you and I did a Patreon show on Death Row versus Mike Rotunda, uh, while Wait about back.
3: two and a half months until him and Mike Rotunda hook up,
2: and I don't know if that happens on Saturday night though. That's the thing. Oh. I think it happens on Pro or main event or one of those other ones. But I had some notes from this. So because you and I did that Patreon show, I'm going to go back to this timestamp in a second. Because you and I did this Patreon show on Death Row and Rotunda and what happened in that match, and we did a watch along. So become a patron, tinyurl.com/patreonbtt, and you can see exactly what we're talking about. Death Row is an interesting looking fella. Um, he doesn't have hair on the top of his head, but he's got hair at the bottom, in the back and side. It's, it's very ridiculous, trying to look like somebody, I guess, that escaped from prison and was on Death Row. Well, um, Death Row... Steiner doesn't disappoint versus Death Row. And I'm going to play this time mm-hmm. stamp here. I have to. Death Row goes for a suplex. Well, do you, what's your this first one? This is my one, first is?
3: one. So okay. you're taking care of my first one.
2: So Death Row goes for a suplex here on Steiner, and, and it looks like it was intended to be blocked and not done. But then Steiner <laughs> muscles up Death Row like he did Oli a few months back at Russell War and he throws Death Row like a ragdoll. It was very impressive. And I just like, here it comes, Doc. It, Death Row's like, wait, am I supposed to go somewhere? Well, I guess I'm just going, no big deal. you know. He wasn't going to be able to fight that. He's That's a, a big guy, fella, too. He's a big fella, and that goes to show you if Scott Steiner wants to hurt you And take you to the ground. There is nothing you can do to stop it. You're going, and he's going to deal with you. Uh, So I thought that was great. I did there. Now, do you have one thirty nine fifty five? Yep. That's the next week. The same
3: one. And my note was, "Damn."
2: Yeah, Doc and I don't share timestamps ahead of time, as you notice, uh, or notice Harper. We
3: did not. We. The only thing we talked about prior to the show was my internet was acting up this morning and I had to restart the modem. That was the sum total of what we took. You got any flips and dives? Sure. Let's hit record and get into it.
2: So here they come. Rick Steiner's in the ring. Death Row just got in the ring. And Rick Steiner gets Death Row up on his shoulders and Scott hits Death Row with the Doomsday device. Jesus. He can't. He
3: had no... He doesn't know how to go up, so Rick just puts him up. Muscles him up. Them up and Dude, they hit look the, at the crowd.
2: Let's get some audio from it, actually, because the, the audio will even tell, tell you Jeez. the story. He always
0: gave away a lot of weight in the amateurs as a heavyweight. Look, look at this. <laughs> that is too proud. I think he can get him up. Can, can he, he get him, get him up? On the shirt? He can. He got him up, my God.
2: I mean, that's impressive, man. Those, That's just impressive because I, I don't think people realize Rick Steiner gets up death row on his shoulders. Death row doesn't help at all. Rick has to squat down damn near into a ball to get him up on his shoulders, and he still is strong enough. And Rick's smaller than Scott, right? But he's you see, what was death row enough.
3: tapping his Rick's with his right hand, tapping his wrist right there?
2: I don't right. know what he's. I don't know what he was doing. Right there, yeah, I don't know.
3: Like, let's don't do this. <laughs> I can't get up.
2: I don't know. I mean, he he had to know what was coming. That was coming.
3: impressive, man. I'm telling you, the this match for them doing that to a big boy who's not doesn't appear to be completely with it yet was a a a, a feat of strength.
2: Rolex of the week, right there.
3: Um, we'll we'll get there.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, man, this was good, and the Steiner's obviously win. It's one of the best bumps you're ever going to see row take, and it was nothing he did. It was because of all the Steiners. <laughs> it was all Steiners. All right, Doc. We'll keep moving. There is a series of commercials that come up, and I don't have the exact timestamp, but we do see, um. Don Nelson, the former Warriors and Mavs coach, promoting Merle Harmon's Fanfare Sports Apparel Shop? Did you, I, I don't know if you called Merle
3: Harmon, I believe, was a Dallas area guy, maybe. But I, I don't quite remember all that.
2: Okay. Well, Don Nelson, your and former I never coach. S-
3: oh, yeah. Damn Nelly on, was a great is. coach. Nelly is the guy who drugged the Mavericks out of the 80s. And Matt, man, Nelly is is a wild dude. He's crazy. And have you seen him recently?
2: I haven't. What's he look like? He's
3: got long hair, like wow. legit long hair. Lives in Hawaii, and smokes weed constantly. I, I'm not making this up. This is not a rib. <laughs> I'm not joking. That would not be how. I mean, he's got like long hair.
2: That's tremendous. And
3: smokes weed.
2: That's that's tremendous.
3: It is tremendous. He he used to wear in the eighties. He would wear a tie, uh, you know his 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 suit, but his tie would be a fish a lot of times.
2: I liked Nelly. Uh, I liked him with the Warriors, you know back. on TMC, he, dog. That's right. I liked him back then. Uh, he was a good coach then. Uh, he was a good coach with Dallas. I mean, he like look um, Booker man. Uh, what's his name, Doc? Your head coach that won the title.
3: Rick Carlisle.
2: Rick Carlisle is the one who gets credit for the title in Dallas, but the culture changed not only with Cuban as the owner, but the culture changed Nelson pulled them out of the doldrums. Tell me
3: when you get this, because it's got the it's got the article title and a picture of him.
2: Of of Don Nelson? What, I just sent smoking? it to you. Okay.
3: So when uh, that comes through.
2: Oh yeah, look at him. So he's got, it's not long, long hair, but it's long enough.
3: That's a ponytail back in the back.
2: Oh, it is a ponytail. Okay, you're right. Holy crap. A former Warrior Coach Don Nelson has a weed farm on Maui. Look <laughs> at him, dude. <laughs> he's he's got living a the dream, bro.
3: Yeah, buddy. He's like, I've done what I needed to do. I'm going to go over here and smoke some weed.
2: Got his millions, got his weed farm. Boy, living the dream, brother. In Hawaii, <laughs> where the weather's always beautiful.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, rains and whatnot, but damn, unreal. But I'm I I, fi- I I'm glad I stopped there on that commercial because that was actually the best. That, that's the Rolex commercial of the week if we did give one out. Merle Harmon's Fanfare Sports Apparel Store. Don Nelson promoting it. And you're right. The uh, He got the Mavs on the winning side. He Boy, was good Pelicans, with the
3: Milwaukee Bucks like in the 80s. He was good with the Warriors. He was good with the Mavericks. He went back to the Warriors, messed up the Mavericks title run. When he knocked us out in the first round as an eight seed, just that dude contributed to the. Played for the Celtics in the in the heyday when they were winning every year. He contributed. Let me get uh, on a timestamp here one forty eight twenty five as we go to the ring with Flair and Arn versus uh, last week's Rolex winner Scotty Williams and some dude named White.
2: All right, I'll go to the timestamp shortly. Pitcher pitch from Arn Anderson and Flair talking about Luger. Paul Lee joined JR and Cotto on commentary talking about the match. Paul Lee cuts a promo on Luger and said Luger needs to give me, Mark, a rematch from the Great American Bash. Flair was throwing some serious chops at these guys during the match. Near the match finish, Flair, I'm sorry, Luger once again appeared in the aisle again, and Arn hits one of these guys with the spine buster. Flair grabs a mic and does a promo. You said 148 what, Doc?
3: 25. I wanted some audio. I want to hear these chops from Rick.
2: Because right. I get he, it,
3: Garvin and Steamboat's going, that one.
2: Okay, hold up. And that one. It, it already started.
1: All right,
3: yeah,
1: so
0: um, the here it is. Yeah, they're so
1: intense in the ring. Look how they're going about it in there, Jim.
0: They're devastating
1: right now. Yeah, the horsemen are circling I'm Lex Luger, Pauly Dangerously. me. I'll tell you, that guy
2: that, did the right thing on that third one taking that bump because uh he felt it. That's why he bumped, and it was a good bump. Were,
3: slap tastic too, flair yeah. and Arn, especially flair flair is uh just outside the ring whooping people in this match yeah
2: yeah they're um they're putting them over as a tag team and i think it's because in a few months we're going to see them i think they have it, a few with doom at one point
3: i think sure. you're right uh,
2: but so there is there's a tag team here um they're going to win obviously there's a promo from Flair. I think it's after the match. And Flair challenges Luger and tells him, come on in right now. Let's do this. And once again, uh, Luger stands there and he walks away expressionless, which, again, I'm trying to get to it, everybody, if you're watching on Patreon. Uh, Luger's out there staring away. No expression. Fans are like, holy shit, what the hell? What's going to happen here? Any thoughts on this and how this is going I thought was it was done well for the done again. Time?
3: I, I mean... Good stuff
2: yep I mean it's it's it it the, the thing about this wrestling is about storytelling and angles whether you like the angle or not and how it plays out in the end is to be seen but for a self-contained episode when you look at this as a, a wrestling program in this two hours hour and a half without commercials what you see is some mystery because now you're wondering what the hell Luger's come out three times he's stared he hasn't said a word he hasn't cut a promo and I say this all the time. When it comes to just things in general in life, if someone doesn't say anything, there's all there's always a wonder. Now, I'll give you an example. Every now and then you say something or I say something on the show and I'll drop in a beep And what you said or I said wasn't even bad. I just drop in the beep because the beep and the fact that you don't know what was said makes your imagination run wild.
3: I've told you to never edit my words.
2: I don't edit. I just put a beep over it and it and it. I've noticed when I do it, people go, wait, what did he say? And I'm like, and I don't never say, I'll say it now. It did not that he said anything bad. I just leave it to the imagination. Sometimes it, the imagination rule one wild as we now see Corny and Missy. Plugging,
3: Corny's over there saying, let's get together.
2: Plugging the power hour.
3: Plugging hmm. something.
2: I bet you Corny would like to give Missy his power hour. Come on, pal. On. three pumps. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, so again, we get a, a flair and our arm win. Uh, we then go to a series of commercials after Corny and Missy. And then we get one last promo where Tommy Rich says he will wrestle Buddy tomorrow on the N.W. main event. Then the Rock and Roll Express come in and Morton said the Steiners are as crazy as a horse with no neck. And the Rock and Roll Challenge Doom for the World Tag Titles. Uh, The crowd is reacting to Tommy Rich uh, in that quick promo he did. And then that's all I had, Doc. Did you have anything from the closing promo here?
3: No, I mean, my whole thing is, is I thought Tommy Rich was going to face Hanson. Now he's doing Buddy. There's too many storylines running around. I'm, I'm confused
2: that's because they're promoting something to tune in the main event. That's just, this, is a trouble we get into with this show. Like there's, there's just too much going on with the other shows. And I'm not saying it wasn't watched when We had the other shows because had you and I had access to all that stuff back then, we probably would have watched it. Well, this is your dark period. But my point is, you know, when we were young, the, we couldn't find enough wrestling to watch. It's the old thing. You're flipping through and you see AWA and you're like, Holy shit. What is this? I got to remember this for next time because you couldn't get enough. But the problem is when you don't have access to it during this time period, which a, there was an audience that didn't have access to all this stuff. Uh, all of it. Um, it was hard to watch. So that's kind of um, that's where, where the confusion lies with with some of the stuff you see here with Tommy Rich now, you know, going to feud with uh, who is it buddy on main event or have this match. But anyway, that's how they go off air. I kind of wish they would went off air with the flair on Luger thing and just sent us off like that if they could have you know, did the run sheet that way, that would have been better to me, but that's not what they did. So it's neither here nor there on that note. Uh, that, that is how this episode closes at least the review portion. Doc and I need to hand out the Rolex and do all that other stuff before we do. So I want to remind you, please consider becoming a patron at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. That is tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. It is a great way to support this show. Uh, you get a ton of extra content when you support this show. Over 300 plus Patreon shows are available there on tinyurl.com/patreonbtt. Uh, for as little as five bucks a month, you get access to everything we've ever done on Patreon which is a lot. And again, the video versions of these are kind of awesome because you get to see what we're looking at as we review it. Not that we do watch alongs, but you get to see the finishing moves, the promos, you hear them on the audio, but you get to actually see them in some of the things we refer to related to the non, uh, non audio stuff and just the, the visual stuff that we see. So become a patron, tinyurl.com slash Patreon Look, we're closing out another year of BTT. I can tell you the amount of time that all of us spend on this show It's not easy to do this thing week in and week out and never miss. I know Doc sacrifices a lot. I sacrifice a lot of things to make sure we get this show out. This show's free. It's ad-free. If you have a heart, become a patron and support us. I understand money can be tight, man. Good Lord. What's going on right now in the world? But if you can afford it. What's going on right now in the world? If you could afford it, tinyurl.com slash Patreon is a great way to support this show and get a ton of extra content that you'll be listening to for years on end. Um Doc, who are you going to give your Rolex to?
3: I think I'm going to give my Rolex to the Braves because I looked at next week's and it's only 56 minutes.
2: Yeah, buddy. No, seriously. Who are you giving your Rolex to this week?
3: Well, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> this was actually harder than it's been in a while because I think Boudreaux with his paint and the eggs was certainly a contender. But... The Steiners were undeniable.
2: Yeah, man. That was something else.
3: That was that finisher.
2: And the way they manhandled a big guy like Death Row. Oh, God. Yeah. Guy, I mean, it's just like, damn. Um, I mean, even Javorski was cranking to that.
3: No, no, no. I'm tired of yeah, hearing he, about his. Uh,
2: dude, he is an idiot. God <laughs> is an idiot. Uh, Just a a clown. He's a clown. He's a cartoon character, and that's not a compliment like it is to Hopper.
3: Hmm. I don't know what to do with that.
2: I'm going to give mine to the Steiners, but, man, special shout-out to Buddy with, if I tell you it's Easter, go buy some eggs and start painting or whatever the hell he said. That was wonderful. Uh, So we need to give out or rate this episode before we do it. Remember... The holidays are past us, but you can still use the BTT Amazon Associates link at tinyurl.com slash bttamazon. It is a great way to support BTT without spending anything extra. If you're already on Amazon and you're doing some shopping, use that link. It helps the show out, and we greatly appreciate it. Put some uh, tokens back in the show to help afford those headsets that Hopper needs and various other things. Uh, Doc complains about his computer a lot, so I find myself maybe needing to buy him another computer next year. Uh, And sell the one we have. Or maybe I'll use it for other things. I don't know. Because he sure does complain about his computer. Even though there's nothing wrong with it. It's just user error. It's a joke. But seriously. Use tinyurl.com slash bttamazon whenever you shop on Amazon. Take Mikey and DFW's advice and JBL Objectives advice on Twitter. Literally put put the link in the browser for your woman. Your side piece. Your bra. Whatever you have that you lay next to at night. And make sure they use it. Make sure all your family members use it. Share it with them. Say hey. Use this link, please. It helps support my favorite show, your favorite show, Booking the Territory. Uh, Doc, rate it. What are you going to rate it?
3: This is rough because I got tired watching it because it's so long.
2: It's the commercials that do it, man. But like Harper says, I can't skip them.
3: Um, Hmm.
2: This was a good episode, man. It's just, it's just, they were just, it's just long. And when you're adults like us, it's hard to handle this in one setting on a short week at that.
3: Yeah, this is like the Thursday night game of football. Um, we had a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give this a B plus.
2: I, I'm gonna go A minus, and it's because of Buddy and the Steiner's. And what they did with Luger. I'm going to give it an A minus. I I liked it. It was long. It was a quick turnaround because, you know, we just recorded the last show a couple days ago. So because of what's going on schedule-wise and trying to get all these done, it's the holidays, busy time of the year. Uh, We're preparing for the BTT Christmas party. It's just hard, like, to to get in another two-hour show in the same week. Um, Because, again, the last one was two hours. So, you know, we got four hours of wrestling to watch. And some people would say... Oh, well, that doesn't sound like it's too bad. Well, you know, when you got two kids and teenagers and younger kids like Doc and you got soccer and all that stuff, it's hard. Hey, but, I woke
3: up this morning and we got a sick kid in the house.
2: That's great. Not Week great, before actually. Christmas. Yeah. Well, at least it's a week before, right? But yeah. um yeah, A minus so B plus from you. And again, I thought this was a good episode for the reasons we've we've mentioned. All right, before we get out of here, I want to mention uh, shout out and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murat and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us. Please support them and give them a listen on their feed. Just search Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, and they will come up. And thanks, Quinn and Joe, for another year of support. Uh, Also, check out the Bottom Line Cast with Mike Pru and JV. Those guys do the ECW show on our Patreon feed, and they do a free show on their feed uh, called the bottom line cast uh, on the career of stone cold steve austin and they've covered now up until the 90s so they've gotten quite some time in with austin's uh, career lastly if you didn't get your video shout out or you're mad at your woman because she didn't shout she didn't give you what you want i know you're going to go buy your patreon subscription at tinyurl.com slash patreon btt but maybe you want to cut a promo on her maybe you want hopper to do it because we you know he can do that send him an email to chris hopper 16 wildcat at gmail.com and then paypal him cc 30388cc at yahoo.com uh, the video that you would like cut on your woman or your side piece or someone you hate in the world or a family member that you hate send that to hopper at his gmail address and then paypal him 20 bucks and he will get you a video as quick as he can shoot job loser having run into issues but he'll get you he'll get you your video um trying to think doc do we have anything else before we close out another calendar year of btt and at this moment in time i think we are just you know five months away from uh year seven (laughs) seven we're getting close to a decade yeah as mrs
3: Dog says i can't believe anybody actually listens to y'all
2: a lot of people listen to us, and that's the beauty of this show. Um, it's hilarious
3: that the, the, the women can't stand it.
2: I never take it for granted either, um, of all the people who listen to us. It's it's quite amazing um, that the audience is growing as large as it has. It really is. It
3: feels like people are listening into some of the conversations that we had in the office like eight years ago. Just when it was just you and I sitting there writing podcasts on the board and making fun of them.
2: Yeah, it really, it really does, man. So, really does.
3: Well, on that note, no, I'm done with this. I'm blown the F up, dude.
2: I want to uh, mention one other thing because I think I forgot this patron a few weeks back. Uh, for whatever reason, it was showing, but then it wasn't, and it was showing again. But uh, I sent you an email. Tyrone B, I uh, missed you a few weeks back on the Patreon. Shout out. Thanks for becoming a BTT annual patron. It is greatly appreciated. And again... Uh, become a patron we definitely would appreciate it but i'm with doc uh i'm a little blown up and i got things to do today because this is my off day uh from work so doc tell the folks or, or merry christmas happy new year to everyone doc tell the folks and um, you know hit the tagline i should
3: say prospero año and bully itch <laughs>